This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Well, you've heard me talk about the plight of the whistleblowers. I'm one, so I know what it's like. But this one really takes the cake. Guy uncovers some kind of CIA conspiracy, supposedly, and he ends up found dead. Crazy. American conspiracy, the octopus murders, the tale of Danny Casalaro, a writer who was found dead in a Sheraton hotel tub on August 10, 1991 in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Police swiftly dubbed this a suicide since Casalaro had been alone, his wrists had been cut, and he left a farewell note. Those closest to the outgoing and loving man, however, thought otherwise. Always an outgoing, loving man, right? But here's what made them suspicious. For one, Casalaro's wrists and tw- had 12 separate slash wounds that were so deep they severed the tendons. That's quite a suicide. There was also blood all over the room in places that made no sense if he was simply just trying to end his life. Well, then again, maybe he was in a lot of pain. He might have been freaking out. He might have been on drugs. It's all explainable. Most of, uh, suspicious of all, though, was the fact that just a few weeks before his murder, Casalaro told his brother Tony that if something happened to him, that it would not be an accident. The famous, I'm not suicidal line. Oh, boy. Pretty funny, really. I'm not suicidal. Well, you're a little, uh, what's the word for that? Uh, hyper alert there. People getting a little worked up. Well, what's what do you make of all this? This guy ends up dead like this. What's this? Is coincidentally? Another coincidence. I don't know. I wouldn't say it is. I got a little more to say about this. But before I do, I want to tell you a little bit about the radio show and the new podcast uh, I tried to take a break for the last day or so <laughs> to give you a little break talking about it. But it's a big part of what I'm working on right now, a huge part of what I'm working on right now. Project Chaos, there's a new podcast, whatever channel you listen on, it's available on that. Uh, I just put up the first test YouTube video. We'll have some YouTube videos going out, a cool little project. Looks like going to take off with that. The books arrived yesterday. I couldn't believe it. I wanted to cry. I worked so hard to get this book out. I've got it right here. Beautiful. This cover, you heard me talking about the work we put into this cover, and it is it is so rich and gorgeous, I'm telling you. It's just a beauty, and the book is just packed. Uh, you start to read it, you don't want to put it down. The radio show, the podcasts are really the same. And what I've been asking for everybody listening to this podcast, if you would, please help me out a little bit. Jump over to Project Chaos and go subscribe to that podcast, projectchaos.org. You can find all the links there, Apple, iTunes. I think we're ranking now on all the If you search Project Chaos now, pretty much we're coming up on the top page. If not, search Project Chaos with Chris, and that will usually get you there. Project Chaos radio show in their, your search engine, that will get you there. Um, but it should be right there on your podcast player, no problem. Go to projectchaos.org. You can sign up for the email list. 
But whether or not you're doing that, please just go check out that new podcast. It's brand new. There's 14 episodes. By the time you listen to this, there'll be more. And, um, you know, more being added all the time, as well as the live radio show, which I also post as the podcast. I'm very excited about it. Very, very excited about it. If you know the story, that for the six years of this podcast and my books, there has never been any promotion at all. None, zilch, zero. That changed just now. We're promoting. As a matter of fact, I'm launching my book tour at the Red Hill VFW in here in Pennsylvania on uh, March 30th, I think it is. I forgot the date. Uh, it's the last Saturday of March. Let me see here. This shouldn't be. I, you would think I would remember that a little better. After all, an important date for me. The 30th, yes, indeed. Uh, they've been really gracious to host me up there. There's going to be live music. It's really going to be a, quite a spectacular event, and I'm really super excited about it. And uh, it just feels good to get my name out there, to meet people, to get the books in front of people. This is my fourth book, now in print. Uh, is that true? Three, three in print, one digital. Okay, don't get technical on me, but it's my fourth published book, and um, it'll also be available on Audible like all the others, and it's, it's very exciting to me. I hope that you please support me. Go over and check out that podcast. Check out the website at projectchaos.org. Listen to some of those podcast episodes. Check out what's going on over there. Uh, just having the website traffic, the the uh, podcast traffic early on, it's really important to getting it off the ground. And I'm not spending any money on any of this big uh, tech nonsense. So uh, the only way I get the, this done is is with the help of other people. We got a lot helping. It's amazing. The website traffic I'm getting from Facebook, we're not even on Facebook. I think I'm going to throw it on Facebook. I think I am. I'm thinking, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? We've been doing some testing on Gab. Let me see if I have it here, this latest round as we speak. Oh, I closed it out, well, maybe because it was annoying me. All of social media annoys me, really. Now, this isn't getting a lot of likes and shares and whatnot. Why isn't it telling me the views? But I'm going to guess that um, we're easily up to 1,000 views on that blog post from just 20 minutes ago. I threw that up. And that's on Gab. Uh, kind of crafted something that's cool. I'll, I'll give you a better announcement on what exactly that is uh, once we do a proper launch on it. But the testing is really good. So without any paid advertising, if I can go out daily and, say, get 5,000 views on a blog post, you know, say half in the morning, half in the evening kind of thing, and we're out in front of 5,000 every day, we're doing live events, we've got the radio show, all the things associated with that, and, um, and then we have, uh, I have uh, the web guy working on the Christopher Scott Show website to properly rank that. And I think that's going to really change the dynamic of things for this show as well. So I'm really excited about all of it, by the way. Very, very excited. As far as this um, uh, CIA conspiracy, and I, I don't really know. Let me see. Does it say here quickly what, he, what his conspiracy was? What he's... Uh, uh, Costello's death and the theory that had been murdered soon became local news since he hadn't been old. By 1991, Costello was knee-deep into reporting on a supposedly bombshell story about a multi-tentacled conspiracy that he referred to as the octopus, which involved software engineers, businessmen, drug dealers, gun runners, organized crime, CIA, FBI, NSA, and various individuals related to the Reagan, Ronald Reagan White House. Casalero had stumbled upon this while employed by Computer Age, 
a newsletter about the a newsletter about the computer business, and it all began with Inslaw, a firm founded by Bill Hamilton that had created a revolutionary nationwide criminal case tracking system for law enforcement. In the second year of a three-year contract, the Department of Justice abruptly stopped paying for Inslaw, forcing the firm into bankruptcy. Heated lawsuits, telephone threats to Hamilton ensued, all of which were so over the top that it made Hamilton and those aligned with him, including former Attorney General Elliot Richardson, suspect that the DOJ was up to something much dirtier than Watergate. If this goes on and on. I'm not going to go through all this. It's just not what we do on the podcast. But this is really, really fascinating that this guy stumbled on this. Do you think it's possible? I think it's entirely possible. Our own town was sitting on ripping off money right in plain view. Millions of dollars misappropriated. It was amazing. And when I brought it up, they went on an all-points hit job. Why? Probably so they can hide tens of million more without me getting in the way. Maybe I should go poke around and see what's going on. I don't know. Crazy when you think about it. The other thing I thought about with this, you know, if you're going to be a whistleblower, you got to think a little bit about your safety on some level. And, <laughs> you know, I guess for me, everybody thinks I'm so nutty. They're like, I don't know, mess with that guy. I'm like, exactly, exactly. There'll be a price to be paid for that, believe me. And um, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. I don't think I'm a very easy target between the security on the house and otherwise. It makes it a little harder to take the big guy down, you know what I'm saying? But I, I wonder, as I read this, I thought, what, how much of a target am I? You know, if, there was, if the CIA was out to take me out, like how long would I last, really? I thought about it. Longer than average? <laughs> what good does that do me? I don't know. So... You know, this uh, New York case against Donald Trump and, um, you know, they, they criminalized his, um, his, his dealings there with his real estate, arguing that he misstated values to get bank loans. And I saw one of the liberal warriors online explaining it like this. Yes, it's a crime if he cheated on his loans and otherwise got loans that otherwise qualifying people didn't get. Well, wouldn't it be nice if it worked like that? Uh, The whole thing is such a giant fugazi, it's not even funny, really. Uh, Here was a story here from the American Thinker, and I'm not going to read this to you, but he basically talks about a house down in Florida that the bank gave him a valuation of $285,000. Later, put it on the market, uh, a short time later, got offers at $395,000. Thinks that it could have been worth five fifty a year later, double the bank's estimate. Says here, like real estate, like most businesses, can be unpredictable. Sometimes very much so. So uh, there's more to it than that. There's much, 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 much more to it than that. You know, um, and and this little game of cat and mouse with the the banks and the valuations. Listen, anything that is not a a bona fide, credible, secure offer is not a real number. You can sit around and hypothesize all you want, and every owner evaluates it more than the bank does. I'm sure there's rarely a time, you know, I think this place is only worth 100 grand. The bank's like, oh, no, it's more like 250. Really? I don't think so. Not a lot. So I can tell you from my own dealings in real estate, this was a constant battle with the valuations, and guess what? I was a master at it. I learned from a Wharton MBA, 
I learned how to do the market research. I learned how to do the analysis. I learned how to modify the product to make it more valuable in that marketplace. It's amazing, really. It all works. If you study it properly, apply it, market your product properly, really very effective. Uh, For real estate, I'm talking about. And uh, you can really push up the values, and Trump has a reputation for it. But there's others, too. Toll Brothers, right? They're a big national builder. They're big in our area. Um, And their value, I look at what the prices they're getting, I'm like, that's ridiculous. I would never pay that for that giant piece of garbage. Somehow they're able to do it. Somehow they're able to do it every year and sometimes in record numbers. Trump has had no trouble filling his spaces. People want to be there. They, he creates value. But anyway, there's different ways of evaluating things. I remember going through my divorce and my, uh, my ex-wife's lawyer paraded two tax returns around, one state, one federal. They don't match. They don't match. On this one, it says he made this much. On this one, it says he made that much. What is going on? Big conspiracy theory. I'm like, lady, I never even touched any of that stuff. My business partner prepared it. The CPA prepared the tax returns, and I signed it. But I do know this much, and I would expect that a lawyer would know this much, that the tax basis is different. And here in Pennsylvania, it's stinking heinous. Make no money at all and get clobbered with, with state taxes. They don't care. They want their money. It's ridiculous on every practical level what they did to Trump. But for everybody sitting back saying, you know what, Ah, it's just what they're doing to Trump. No, it just became everybody that ever gets into politics, man. I keep telling you this, and you see this pattern. You're going to go run for school board, and they're going to be like, let me see your mortgage loan application. (laughs) How much did you say you made? Where did you say that gift came from? Where did you say that cash came from? You saved it? How come there's an identical withdrawal from your father-in-law's account on that date? They'll find it. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, it's, uh, it's very evil what's going on. The rewriting of the rules, the recreating of the Justice Department... In the, um, in the image of those like Lalita James or whatever her name is. Unbelievable, really. They campaigned on it. They got elected on it. And they're carrying it out with complete impunity. Look at Fannie Willis down in Georgia. She was having a grand old time. Unbelievable. Corporate politics feels like high school drama. Here's how to cope. This caught my eye because I talk about this a lot with a lot of different people. The problems in the workplace. Something we're going to talk about a little bit on Project Chaos, you know, from a veteran perspective. How does some of that apply in the civilian world? So this story here basically uh, is an is a, a editorial piece to push this book. This is a PR firm here that put this out. Corporate politics feels like high school drama. Here's how to cope. And uh, they talk about basically people being left out, right? All the friends in high school are going out. Nobody invites you. And people are funny to me. I, I just thought of this as like, I don't remember a time never getting invited out, but I remember plenty of times not being out. Maybe they went out and didn't tell me. I didn't really think of it that way. 
I will say this, though, my own observation. I've seen people do things at work that are just categorically nasty as all get out, really. Unprofessional, to say the least, and certainly no good for productivity. I thought of something the other day. I wrote it down. You know, the, the, von, the bond that, that veterans share is so strong that you'll, you'll get out, you get discharged, you'll be out in your civilian world, and you run across this dude 20, 30 years later, man, 100 pounds heavier, face all round, not fitting in his dress blues anymore. And you know what? You'll recognize him the instant you see him, you run up, you give him a big hug, my brother. How have you been? You instantly spit out his name, even if you hadn't said it in 20, 30 years. There's a camaraderie that is built, that's forged, really. Now, I don't expect that your coworkers are going to be quite that <laughs> uh, esprit de corps, shall we say. But that said, it is possible to build a tight team. And I don't know many people that are doing it well these days. It's a big part of the message I want to share on Project Chaos, the voice that we as veterans have as leaders, as, as thought providers, as, as people of principle. Our voices need to be heard right now. We're in a leadership and a moral crisis in this country, and veterans can help with both, with both. Anyway, DEI practitioners have a lot to learn from this uh, professor's lawsuit. What school was this at? Uh, oh, Penn State Abington? Yeah, that's right here. Um, Penn State Abington is around one corner of Temple, uh, Ambler Campus, right on the other side of us. This guy filed a lawsuit to say that these DEI tactics were racist, singling out individuals based on race, encouraging discomfort and guilt towards Whitey, of course, not anybody else. This approach, rather, and this, by the way, with, the, with you know, you got you got the one uh, consultant saying, "Yeah, we need to learn how to get the high school politics out," and then you got on the DEI side, they're like, "All the whiteies get over in the corner." Where do you hear this? This approach, rather than fostering understanding and inclusivity, led to divisiveness and further marginalization. He details disturbing exercises carried out as a part of a conversation on racial climate conducted by Penn State's Assistant Provost for Educational Equity. I guarantee you that this position that this woman leads is, is pays 200 grand a year, probably 300 grand with benefits, led the faculty in a breathing exercise in which she instructed the white and non-black people of color to hold it just a little longer to feel the pain. Damn, don't you dare breathe my air, Whitey. It's getting real. And they're, it's not enough that they're teaching it in the colleges and the universities. We got to take this mainstream. That's what they're doing. One particularly egregious example is when Penn State Abington DEI director, here's another high-paying position, informed the, that has nothing to do with education, informed the campus faculty that black and brown people are calling on white people and instructed them to stop talking, find an accountability partner, and hold other white people accountable. Stop being afraid of your own internalized white supremacy and feel terrible. The following semester, during a monthly training, writing, writing faculty were subjected to a 
white teachers are a problem video, which featured an anti-racist scholar. <laughs> this guy later got a nice job at the uh, um, uh, at the Ambington campus as well. They're all getting paid to be racist against white people. Probably getting paid by white people to call other white people racist. I don't know how anybody sits through this, man. The guy ended up resigning. How dysfunctional are these workplaces that this stuff is going on? It's pure lunacy. It's all in these government institutional places, too, that you see this garbage. Some of it going on at the corporate level and the you know, in the in the the, the, uh, the publicly held companies, people have gone just plain loony that they think that they're going to come in and talk about this. And I'll tell you, I would have trouble believing it if it weren't for what my son told me went on the camp went on down there on the campus at Westchester, and how they basically were like, oh, you know, you know, do you atone for your? Are you sorry for being a racist? Well, we're going to help any way we can. And oh no, you need to say that you're sorry. Oh wow. Very, very pushy, to say the least. And very frequently, it seemed to be black females because they can get away with it. What are you going to do? Go ahead, whitey. Say something to a black woman. Do something to a black woman. See what happens. Oh, ho, 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 ho. It'd be burning down the whole side of your street. <laughs> U.S. University settle financial aid antitrust lawsuit for $166 million. You know what this is? More plain air launder- money laundering. The government pumps money into the schools. Now it claims to be taking it back. Whose dirty little fingers is that running through? And what are the salaries to process it, I wonder? Supreme Court to make a pivotal decision about what Americans can see on social media. Why is the government so in such a rush to censor social media? Why, don't they, why doesn't the government do as much to stop the robocalls and robotexts? You know, the only robotexts I get are from the Republican Party. Isn't that amazing? I don't know how to stop it either. I'll say this publicly. I'm never going to vote Republican again until the robotechs stop. How's that? Will anybody join me? Nobody will because nobody stands together on the conservative side. It's like an isolation land. It's a good thing, though, because you know what it's called? Independent thinking. We all each cast our own vote. That's how a republic is supposed to work. And then when the tally is added up, we see what the results are. We don't determine the results and then make sure that we get enough votes to max that determination, which seems to be the way that we do it today. Supreme Court to make a pivotal decision on what Americans can see on social media. Unbelievable. The Pentagon's new recruitment policy is a disaster. <laughs> Maybe they need some more DEI training. Maybe it's because of the white racism, naturally. No, no, not this time. Military recruiting down sharply. More than half of adults under 30 years old have a negative view of the military. White progressives are least likely to volunteer. If the free fall is not stopped, a draft will be necessary. This is according to The Hill. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a big jump. Equally disturbing, the Department of Defense has undercut its own recruiting base. For 50 years, non-commissioned officers have tirelessly recruited our force, testing fitness and intellect firsthand. Recruiters were empowered to exercise judgment on other bureaucratic requirements, including a 59-page health order, subject to a final group examination by military doctors inclined to let the determined volunteers serve. The Pentagon has shifted judgment from our recruiters 
to an electronic screening system inaptly named Military Health System Genesis, instantly shrinking the recruiting pool. Genesis is an invasive magnifying glass that scours the cloud, highlighting doctor visits and prescriptions back to childhood. Understaffed health units, mostly civilians today, must investigate all red flags. This is the equivalent of ordering a small police force to interrogate every speeding driver. The DOD additionally banned group physicals for fear of body shaming. Instead of examining a dozen recruits in 15 minutes, doctors now take up to 90 minutes to complete individual interrogations. The bureaucratic result was predictable. How much more evidence do you need that the um, political class in this country is working diligently to um, destroy our military. What else could you could you say? Everything that they do it makes things much worse than it was. And yet they can, out in the open, in front of everybody, and the critics that complain, they say that they're the ones that are the problem. That they're the, they're, it's the white radical generals that complain. <laughs> I don't know. Houthis knock out underwater cables linking Europe to Asia. Interesting, right? And then I saw this headline. Israel ready to pause Gaza war if hostage deals reached. And I look at the whole thing and I say to myself, what is, what is really going on here? Why are we getting more news about Ukraine than we are about Gaza, this humanitarian crisis? What is even really going on there? Nobody really knows. No real reporting on the actual scope of what's happened. Now they're talking about a pause. I thought there was no, all complete destruction or nothing. The world seemed to be okay with that. No help for the people in Gaza. Maybe they deserved it. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. It's a stinking disaster either way. This story about the Houthis, I asked myself, well, they haven't been destroyed either. It doesn't sound like Hamas has been destroyed. It doesn't sound like the Houthis have really been stopped. Now, I think with this cable, from what I understand, I don't know that it's really impacting anything, which I guess is good news. Able to work around or whatever the case might be. But still, you have critical infrastructure being damaged, this tension being created, but still something seems off to me. Who exactly are we fighting here and why? Why is that never clearly known? It's all nonsense. That's my sense. My sense is nonsense. I think it's all nonsense. And then they want us to pump more money into Ukraine. Okay, another another budget power the government's going to shut down. Every, every budget they do this. Every election will be stolen from now on. Every budget crisis is a shutdown. It's just everywhere we go. Such a dysfunctional government. God forbid we line up the recruits in a, in a group naked because of body shaming. They're about ready to go into the military, but we don't want to body shame them. They might get their heads blown off. They, they may have a, a, their, the guy next to them get a sucking chest wound, have to put a tourniquet around his neck. Uh, but th- let's not body shame them. You know what I'm saying? Let's coddle. Let's let them get a little time alone with the doctor. The doctor can molest them, and that'll be the next round of lawsuits. At least when everybody was in the room together, they kept their hands to themselves. I don't get it one bit what they're doing. Where are these changes coming from and who comes up with Who came in and said, you know, I don't think we should be doing these physicals this way. A little bit of body shaming going on. Some tranny complain. Is that the problem? Was there a lawsuit filed? All of the above? We may never know. 
There's not going to be any whistleblowers, I'll tell you that. They're afraid they're going to end up dead. They'll be slammed, shamed, silenced, arrested, and if necessary, killed. Is that the way things work in this country right now? Really crazy when you think about it. Awfully crazy. So it's probably been going on a longer time than we've known. The difference now is that much of it is known and the scale of it is just nuts, really, when you look at it. Everything going on. The lies that are told, the propaganda, the military incursions, and it's completely, completely politicized. There's, not, there's nothing resembling a Department of Defense. I don't know where that term came from, but we don't have that anymore. It no longer has anything to do with defense. And ironically enough, it doesn't appear to have anything to do with offense either. They don't appear to be able to do much of anything on the offensive. And that appears to be the political game, the purposeful destruction of the military. Why? Because they want to open the doors to something else. The Chinese are big believers, the Asian warfare method. Burn, burn, burn. Poison and burn. Better to control than to destroy. See, if you destroy, you have to rebuild. If you just take control of it, you own it. You can benefit from it. Enslaving the people. What better way to do that? Hogtie the the politics, the money. Who's really controlling this country? Not somebody who seems to be in any way interested in what's actually good for our country. Where do you see any evidence of that? Where do you see any evidence of anything from our government being done that's anything resembling good for our country? Certainly not for our children. Certainly not for our military. Our old people, I guess. Social Security got a nice raise. The stock market's good. But little else to celebrate, that's for sure. I don't know what to say. I do know this. you got to go check out ProjectChaos.org. Go check out the podcast. Listen to it for me. Otherwise, God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.